Welcome to 500 Words Lessons on Writing. This is Katrina Lee. This podcast explores the triumphs and tragedies of 10 years as a published author. It is a dazzlingly beautiful day here on Brady Street. Um, At least from inside, it's actually quite chilly. I made a post office run and I found that out and it's very windy. But the trees are all flowering. They seem to be at peak color the sun is shining the grass is green it's just splendid outside and it's also canada day here and why would that be well i just sent off an order to alberta which was a first for the shop and we have an interview guest here from ontario today i'm excited to share that with you so let me just say a couple of introductory words we will go right into the interview And I'll finish up with a few thoughts that I have, or observations, about criticism as a writer. So today's podcast is a little shorter than the last couple have been, which is maybe good since it's the weekend and everyone is getting ready to think about Sunday and going to church or perhaps listening to church from your living room. Oh, a quick shout out to Jen from Ohio. She uh, sent me a message saying she really enjoys the podcast. She said she listened to the one with Deborah as she was taking a walk and she enjoyed that one especially. And I agree with her. If you've missed several of them, let's see, I believe it is, well, it was the one that I posted Thursday that contains Deborah's testimony. That's a great one to go back and pick up. So as humans, and especially as writers, I think we often misjudge our own stories. In 2014, 2015, I wrote a memoir. I delved into my childhood, my teaching career, my mom's death. I wrote about crushes and loss and depression and my new career in heart surgery. And I sent this out to several people, and one of those was my friend and former co-teacher, Sharon Martin, who by this time had moved to back to Ontario, where she had lived previously. After reading the memoir, Sharon cautioned me against publishing it. I remember calling Sharon from my hotel room at a writer's conference in Madison, Wisconsin, to kind of feel her out or clarify her opinion on what she had meant in her email. I felt kind of sad that she wasn't crazy excited about my story. That's how I think writers always feel when someone reads something and isn't totally pumped about it, because usually we are totally pumped about our own work. And from her end of the phone, Sharon cautioned me that the manuscript possibly needed some time. I did pitch the book to an agent at the conference because I had signed up for a slot, and she did ask to see it, but thankfully she did not want it. So I called Sharon to reminisce. Sharon's been a teacher for 25 years. She and I taught together for two years at United Christian School. She received a bachelor's degree in English education and history education from Pensacola Christian College. More recently, she completed her master's degree in education through Cairn University. And now she teaches at Countryside Christian School. So let's go straight to the interview. I cut out the part where we discussed the quarantine and the new Ontario provincial announcement on the stay-at-home order. And so we'll take you straight down to business. Here we go. But (laughs) 
<laughs> First of all, thank you for reading that for me back then. I was just like, now that I've been around a little longer, I guess I'm like, that's just like a lot of work to ask somebody to read a, a manuscript that's that long. I, I don't remember the details even. I didn't even pull it out to refresh my memory because that wasn't really the point. But it probably took you three weeks or so to 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 read it, most likely. Do you remember it all? Um, I'm sure it wouldn't have taken three weeks if I would have just sat down and read well, it. Well, right, yeah, but just with the... Like, uh, I don't remember it being that long a read. But I think I just remember you saying something along the line of... Um, that you thought it needed a little time or um, seasoning or something like that. Uh, do you remember at all what you told me? And I'm just, I'm basically just exploring the the whole thing of, of criticism and how good it is, even though at the time it's often, you know, difficult to swallow. Not that you, you were very nice about what you said, but um, yeah, what do you remember about it? I remember finished reading the book and because I was your friend and because I wanted to know what was going on in your life and what you were thinking and feeling, mm -hmm. um, I found it very interesting to read the book because it gave me some inside knowledge into, into what you were thinking and feeling. Right. But I remember thinking that I wonder if she would be she'll be happy that she published this in 10 years. Okay. <laughs> That's really funny because I'm so glad that I didn't. I mean, I'm just so <laughs> grateful. Although, I have to say that I did, I was at a writer's conference at the time that I talked to you, I think, and um, I did present it to an agent who asked to see it, and I sent it to her, but praise the Lord, she didn't want it. I'm just so glad at this point. Uh, but but why, do, I, I don't know, um, I guess, uh, do you work with that, you teach writing, I assume, to some extent, or, or not? Is it more English that you teach? Yes, I don't consider myself a teacher of writing, although, I mean, I do little bits and pieces of it. I think some of that, just the feeling that maybe you wouldn't want this published in 10 years, came from listening to um, some of the writers and how they felt about their personal work being published mm -hmm. later. Mm -hmm. Like, that they... And, and I... I'm not saying that nobody should ever publish something that they regret publishing 10 years later. Right. Um, because I think if we did that, maybe we'd never end up publishing anything. And just live out of fear. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I think sometimes there's just a time and a place to go for it. But I think sometimes, too, there's also a time and a place to let something um, marinate a little. Yes. To see if your perspective on it changes or to see if um yeah if it's if it if it actually is going to stand the test of time right especially if it's really highly personal because mm -hmm. the more highly personal it is the more it's hard to actually step away uh, from it having, yes have enough distance to be able to judge whether this is something that is the the general public is going to benefit from. Well, and to be able to uh, maybe recognize 
which parts of it the general public will be able yes. to benefit from. Because, you know, that's what's so intriguing. Everyone has a story, and I think um, writers often feel like their story is so intriguing that, you know, it has to be a good one to publish, and it is probably intriguing. But, yeah, I sometimes it's not it's difficult to know which parts of it are maybe or something like that but i i have enough things i regret about the other books that i have published <laughs> that weren't even super personal that i yeah i you saved the, the day by cautioning me on that one i i'll say that and i it's not that what i even wrote wasn't true and possibly material for later use but yeah. No, absolutely. Like, I think there are, I think, I don't remember specifics, but I do remember um, thinking that there are parts of this mm-hmm. that that other people could learn from or benefit from, you know. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't even remember what your point of view was exactly right. or which parts of it I, but I do remember thinking that, in the format that it is, I don't think that you will actually want this right be in everyone, <laughs> or that you that maybe you didn't want to be that vulnerable with the entire world. Right, I remember thinking that. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, so do you work with writing enough that you have that problem with students, like where they come to you with something that is? they think is really interesting and you have to grapple with how to deal with them or you don't really do that at all well because most of them aren't thinking publication true um i i don't it's a different totally different field right although i i had a situation this wow i'm I'm losing track of seasons this spring (laughs) this winter whatever where where I had something that was presented to me and I, and yeah, I had to, yeah, I had to bring them around to say, okay, this worked from, I'm, I'm, I'm being incredibly vague here because. Right. I totally follow. (laughs) Totally follow. (laughs) (laughs) I had to, I had to bring them around to, okay, this worked from your point of view, but your audience, it was it was a di- little bit different in format than a book, but your audience doesn't know where you're where you're coming from. They don't know your backstory well enough to even understand the story that you're telling. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, start from start start your storytelling from a place that you know. Start your storytelling from from a place that you and your reader understand or you and your audience understand mm-hmm. and then move, move forward from there. And I, yeah. That, and, and I think yeah. that's actually, I think that's one of the things that you have done well as an author is you've not tried to write things that you don't know. Hmm. I think that's served you well. Yeah. Um, I, that's true. What I mean, I've done more almost journalism type things with some of the writing yeah. I've done, like yeah, observation. But uh, yeah, hmm. Well, those are very good uh, tips, Sharon. I really appreciate you um, 
sharing them and taking the time to think back and for reading that book. I <laughs> feel like I should still pay you for it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Six years later. But, uh, yeah, thank you very much for your what year was remarks. It? I would I would put it in um, 2014, maybe. Okay. Or maybe 15. But I would... Okay, maybe 15. That would be five years I ago. Remember, I remember where I was sitting when I wrote the feedback. So... Okay. Does that date it for you? Yeah, so that date works. To 15. Based on that. Yeah, well, some, it could have been 14 or 15 based on that date, so. Yeah, okay. That's, I would say that's where it is. <laughs> so let me just tell you, if you have an experience like this to look back on, you are very blessed and you have a great friend. And here are a few additional reflections I have about criticism as a writer. So criticism in any field is tough, but it seems like learning to take it is, is an essential skill to living a productive life. I could give you a list that would take you the rest of the night to listen to about the times that I haven't taken criticism well. In fact, I feel like it might just be a weak point of mine. But here are some things that I have learned about criticism and writing, and I think it often does depend a little bit on who's giving it to you and how you feel in general about your pro, uh, you know, your career or your project, whatever you are working on. But these are just some general observations. So number one, writers do need other eyes. We often become so enamored with our own stories that we can't see them. I heard a statistic recently that I should have written down, but as I recall it, 80% of people believe their life has a story or that a book should be written about their life, essentially. But the trick is, can we back away sufficiently to know which parts of our story connect to other people and will inspire and encourage them? So that's the first one. We definitely need other people's eyes. Number two, no writer achieves permanent perfection. If everyone in your life only praises your writing, you've probably surrounded yourself with the wrong people. I remember at that same Madison Writers Conference, a girl talking about how she had gotten a six-figure contract for a book, which I think is almost unheard of for writers today. But here's the thing. She said that the second book she wrote in her series, or whatever they had contracted her for, she sent it into her editor, maybe it was her agent, and that person said, you know what, let's just start all over. She basically wanted to throw away her whole um, manuscript. And so obviously she was a very, very good writer to get that kind of a contract, but she wasn't perfect. Second try was needed to be redone extensively. Okay, so number one, writers need other eyes. Number two, no writer achieves permanent perfection. Number three, when someone tells you how to improve your writing, thank them. It's just like a friend telling you that you have broccoli in your teeth before you walk out into a crowd of people. Big relief. Number four, the publisher, agent, or editor is always right. 
If your publish if your publisher criticizes you, be especially grateful. I've received good treatment from the publishers that I've worked with, despite turning in some pretty pathetic things. I'm sure I haven't thanked them enough. But the bottom line is, don't argue if they are, which they are, putting out money to produce your book. They make the last call, not you. And number five, join a writer's critique group. I am in a writer's group with my family. And part of me feels like your family often just defends your work, although we do usually manage to dish out plenty of criticism. Thanks, William. <laughs> Sorry, William is our brother that writes really deep um, poetry, and he off also tends to dissect our work very thoroughly, but that's a good thing. It's good for us all. Um, and... So they may be still a little bit too nice to me, though, so it probably wouldn't hurt me to join another writer's group. So it applies to life as well as writing. If you have friends who are willing to give you honest feedback to make your product better, you have gold. So have a great weekend, everyone. Have a great Sunday. Relax. Be refreshed. This podcast marks the halfway mark of my 10 podcasts. Next week, I have the remaining five. Monday is a topic that is so close to my heart. I will be talking with my project partner, Rosetta Byers. We work together on the book, Faces of Syria. Oh, let me just end very quickly. Literally, this will take 30 seconds. I wanted to read this in the last podcast, but it was already quite long. This is Deborah's little exchange with the lady outside the library. Outside the white block walls of the Bastrop Library, someone had posted a fire damage map. Deborah was looking at this map when a woman standing beside her commented on the enormity of the red-shaded burn area. I bet all those Christians who are going around saying, praise God, are singing a whole different tune now. Shocked, all Deborah could reply was, but I am. My house burned to the ground right there. She pointed to the center of the red, but I'm still praising him. Now it was the other woman's turn to be shocked. Really? Yeah. The woman couldn't even reply. The words seemed to catch in her throat. Exasperated, she threw up her hands and stalked away without even a polite goodbye. So that's just another case of someone who does not believe in God. We can hardly expect them to understand or to agree or to appreciate the peace and and the joy that a Christian can experience in the face of disaster as Deborah described in in that last podcast. So have a great weekend everyone. Thank you so much for listening to another lesson on writing.